On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, he'd have always got the good oil, pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Monday's Experts. And again, if you're just new to this particular program, it's an opportunity for us to find out a little bit of the story behind the name. And we hear plenty of voices here on Sky Sports Radio, all across New South Wales and our radio network and via the tab app around the country. And it's nice to sometimes hear those stories and find out, well, there's just more to those voices than... The late mail, the tips, and et cetera, et cetera. And today's guest, we will regularly hear him working with China Marston on Sky Thoroughbred Central, but also here on Sky Sports Radio doing the preview for the southern parts of horse racing form when it comes to New South Wales. His name is Graham White. He joins me now. Good morning, Graham. G'day, Dave. How are you? I'm well, mate. Uh, you pumped? You excited for this next little bit? Well, it depends what you've got in store for me, Dave. <laughs> Mate, there'll be no curveballs. Don't worry about that. But as I was just saying in the intro, we regularly hear you uh, you discussing your form. Uh, obviously, you've got a, a good little backstory behind you. Before we find out about where you grew up and whatnot, what's it about the horse that you love? Well, it's um, in my breeding, really, Dave. All my family, my grandfather, my father, my brother, uh, we've all been involved with horses, my uncles, and uh, that was sort of the background. And then I sort of... Stepped into uh, writing after that. Uh, I was only about 17. I started writing. So I've always been, uh, I've really li- always liked the horses. I've had a few different roles in the horse industry. Um, I've been a jockey manager. I drove harness racing horses for years and years. We used to have a horse stud. So, yeah, it's uh, been entrenched in, in me for a long time. And uh, now I'm doing something that I love with Sky. Fantastic. All right. Well, where did you grow up? Yeah, well, I've always lived in Wagga. I grew up in Wagga and went to school here. And uh, I finished school at the end of uh, year 11 and an opportunity came up to start an apprenticeship with the Wagga Daily Advertiser newspaper in about early 1980. So I was about 16 or 17. And I had a very good boss at the time. A lot of people, especially those older um, listeners, will be remember Ted Ryder. And he was a workaholic. He called about um, 30 Wagga Cups. He was a legend down here. And there's a sports award named after him every year in his memory. And... Um, He was um, very highly respected and uh, I learned a lot off him and I had a good teacher. He taught me a good work ethic. He taught me attention to detail, uh, to be precise and um, to be accurate. And um, so that's sort of where I started. And um, unfortunately, about three or four years into the job, uh, Ted passed away. He had a lot of health issues. He was calling at the time and... um, I sort of missed doing my apprenticeship because I was thrusted straight into Ted's job. So I, I missed doing, I think I got to about my second year cadetship and I missed doing my third and fourth and sort of missed the um, D and C part and I got thrusted straight into his job. So it was sort of sink or swim early on and technology back then wasn't what it is now, Dave. So it was um, a lot of form guides and do, updating form yourself and then... Um, yeah, I learned fairly quick and covered a lot of Wagga Cups, but I, I certainly have a lot to thank Ted for. So with the cadetship, so how old were you uh, when you started the cadetship, Graham? So I was 17 back then, and um, okay. I did I did till I was about 19, and then um, the cadetship sort of uh, stopped because I had to jump straight into Ted's shoes, so to speak. So um, yeah, it was long hours and um, weekends and that, and a lot of night shifts, but... Um, it taught you a lot, and you got to meet a lot of good people, and many of those people are still some very good friends of mine to this day. Yeah, and what about so at school? So obviously with cadetships uh, these days, they're not as prevalent um, as they once were. It's, you know, the, the finished school, get the piece of paper, go to university down that track. So you had that opportunity, and, and times have changed. But what about at school? Were you, were you enjoying school? Were you good at it? Were you a good sportsman? What about there? Uh, 
I sort of finished school at the end of year 11 and when the opportunity came up, I thought, well, do I do one more year and then, um, or do I take this opportunity while I could? So I thought I'd take the opportunity while I could. Um, I, I, I enjoyed school, but I also had enough of it at the time. Um, I always liked English and writing stories a bit. And um, I did an assignment one day when I was in year 10 at school. And um, the teacher at the time, an English teacher, he gave me 100 out of 100 for it. And I thought, oh, was it that good? And he said, well, I've never given 100 out of 100 before. And that sort of prompted me to, you know, consider, well, maybe writing might be my go. And I always liked it. I always liked reading the paper and that. And that's sort of how I got into it. And then when the opportunity to, came to sort of get into writing about racing and harness racing, and then I diversed out into other sports and then got to cover a lot of uh, big rugby league games. Uh, I covered an Australian versus Papua New Guinea game in Wagga, uh, a New Zealand versus Riverina game in Wagga. And it sort of allowed me to travel a little bit as well. I've been on a few trips and uh, I actually won a trip uh, one year for a story I did to New Zealand and um, that was a great experience going over there for two weeks and touring around all the studs so um, it was a, it's been a, it's been great Dave I've really enjoyed yeah. the um, thoroughbred and the harness racing industry and um, it's been good to me and um, but I've had a few different roles in it and uh, I'm really enjoying the one I'm doing at the present time with Sky so you mentioned uh, the the it's always been around the family and, and a stud. So talk us through that. You, your, your family owned the stud or were they just working yeah. there? And, and... So a lot of those people that are familiar to Wagga, um, there's a, a suburb now in Wagga called Estella Rise. So my family, my grandfather in particular, owned a lot of land in that area and it was a horse stud and he had um, cattle and sheep and that sort of thing as well. And, um, and then my father, um, he started out and we stood a few uh, stands for Brian Hancock. We always had uh, broken a lot of horses for Brian Hancock. And then when they retired from racing, some very good paces he had, we, we stood them at the stud. So I learned all that side of the business as well. And then we um, the stud sort of closed up and then we made a horse adjustment place out of the property in later years. And there was three three houses on the property, my father's, um, my, my brother's and also my own. And then the opportunity came up to sell the land, and there was quite a substantial amount of land. And for those that are familiar with Wagga, that, that suburb now is um, Estella Rise. So it went from three houses to there's now 400 houses, and it's wow. basically the fastest-growing suburb in Wagga. So it's been a big change. Um, it's just down the road from the Charles Sturt University Equine Centre. And, uh, yeah, you, you drive around and you, you think back, and we had the horses there and the paces there as well. And that was where I learned to drive along with my brother and, um, and yeah, and, and there was a lot of good horses come out of there and um, it was it was great driving back then, but I got a bit too big, Dave, so I, I had to give it away. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So, obviously, Mario, my producer, had, had spoken to you yesterday and I didn't know this. I'd done a, a little bit of research about you, but I didn't know you were, at how many, you know, races you'd driven in. So, he was suggesting that you told him 100 races, 15 wins, and obviously, for those that... Haven't met Graham. Uh, the TV can be uh, deceiving, but you're very, very tall, gentlemen. Did you enjoy the driving? If, if you didn't continue to grow the way you did, would you have loved to have gone into that profession? I love the driving, Dave. Um, my brother always says to me, wasted talent, but uh, I don't know if that's the case, but we have a bit of a laugh about it. But I did love the driving. Um, I loved the training. Um, what, what, did you, was, what did you love about the driving? Uh, the competitive side of it and... Um, you know, mixing with the other drivers and then uh, getting out there and competing. And when the race was done, you, you celebrate your wins and your losses. And, yeah, I really enjoyed that side of it. And, um, 
had a few handy horses and the family had some nice horses as well. But when they got a little bit, you know, better for around here, we always sent them off to Brian Hancock or a good mate of mine, Dave Wade in Sydney. But um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I still had a horse up until recently that I owned a share in. And uh, we had had a couple of had, had a couple of really nice horses. I won a couple of decent races. But um, how it sort of come about, Dave, to finish up was I, I was starting to get, um, as we all do, we get a bit bigger. And um, I had a very handy horse called Lifelong Promise. And he just kept running places. And I thought, I'll put Carrie Ann Turner on him, who's now Carrie Ann Morris. And she won on him in that night. And that was his first win. And I announced at the presentation, well, that'll do me. It's got to make a difference if they're 30 kilos lighter. So I gave it away that night, but I kept training for a bit, bit longer very. after that. And, and obviously, so much different with the drive into the training. What did you enjoy about the training side of things? I found it a real challenge, Dave. Um, that horse I just mentioned there, um, you know, I bred this horse called Lifelong Promise and he made a group one race. Admittedly, he ran last in it, but I was pretty proud of the fact that the horse you bred was able to get into a group one race. And, um, I like the challenge and just looking at them and seeing, well, what can I do different? And I, I was talking to my brother one day and I said, this horse is not putting in like he should be. He'd work enormous at home. So we just made a few gear changes. Then he came out and won a fair few races in succession. I uh, was able to win on my birthday one day. I'll never forget. And I had some good drivers um, driving too, Scotty Osman and Ricky Alshon and them sort of people. And Greg Bennett won on him a few times. And it was just good to see a decision you made to change something up worked. So that was more the challenge and, and seeing them start from, you know, when you decided to breathe this day in. And it was actually, um, you, you sort of, from start to finish, it was it was a great process, the training side of it. So, uh, by the way, we're chatting with uh, Graeme White this morning here on Monday's Expert. So, Graeme, you're at the paper. You're getting to experience some things. You're relatively young. You're in probably, what, your early 20s now. What's next? What happens next? Well, I stayed there for a fair while, David. They were great years. Um, there was a big staff. We used to put out a uh, 24-page sports lift out every uh, Monday. So I was for Wagga? Yeah, so I was responsible for doing so a lot of the, um, the football reports, but yeah. primarily the races and the trots. I was going to say, it's incredible how much media has changed. There you go. I mean, you struggle probably to get 20, 24 pages in the whole paper now there. You're spot on, Dave, and that's the sad part of how things have gone, but... um. It, it got you out and about in the community and you made a lot of contacts and um, it was good to really um, have that bond with people and and as I mentioned earlier, you became friends with people and you attend their weddings and all that sort of thing and um, and then I after about 20 years of the paper or so, there was an opportunity to start um, doing a um, tips segment on the Win Local News. So I did that for a little while as well and then I was offered a job to work at Win Tele- Television and I thought, well, I've done enough that I can do at the paper. And as you just mentioned, Dave, there was changes starting to come, starting to come in. People were leaving, not being replaced. And I thought, well, now's a good time to um, move out of that. And I went into television for a while, which allowed me to cover a lot of different sports as well. And that was really interesting for a fair while. And then I finished doing that. And then I got into harness racing administration at Wagga. Yeah. Um. Tell me about the you know your, your time at the paper and obviously in that early years of media. How do you think now from going back into a role? I know you're not in the, the same role as you were um, back then, but do you think it's changed? Do you think the personality has come out of the game a little bit? Because there would have been some characters back in both, uh, and there still is characters, but I feel like we don't highlight them enough. Oh, you're spot on, Dave. 
characters. We always say some of the staff that were there years ago, you could write a book on the paper and people wouldn't believe it. We used to call it a country newspaper, a bit like a country practice. You just wouldn't believe the characters that went through there. Like Ted was a real character. He's a larger-than-life person. There was another guy there, Ross Ingram, who was a workaholic. Um, he was a real character. He'd just make you laugh every day you turned up to work. And there were so many people come and go, went through there. But unfortunately now, you don't have the same personalities because they don't sort of stay long enough. And um, it's, you used to always, once upon a time, you'd go in, sit at the same desk and socialise. And from what they tell me now, they've got different areas they can work in at any time. And there's sort of not the same bond between the staff. But anyway, that's the way it's go. But they were great days, Dave. And I, I really look back on that. And I've still got a lot of great friends from there. Um, Scott Sandbrook, who was the secretary at the MTC for many years, he was actually um, followed me through. And when I gave up with the harness racing, he moved into the harness racing side and then the gallop side when I left and went across to win. So um, it's been a lot of good people come through there. Another person that went through there was Michael McCormack. He was uh, he was at the same time as me. And um, Adam Walters is another one. And um, yeah, so there's been a lot of um, people that have done really well in their careers come through the Wagga paper for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, now you move into a role at the Wagga Harness Racing Club. And, and was that actually before that, what about the, the jockeys? When did you manage the jockeys? Yeah, that was about the same time as I moved across to Win TV. Um, a good mate of mine, Andrew Bloomfield, suggested, uh, he said, why don't you manage me? And I said, well, what's that involved? And he, he told me. And um, so we had a fair bit of luck. Um, Bloomy had ran second and third in a fair few um, jockey premierships. And um, I just I think I was able to help Andrew a bit. He was a talented jockey, but in it, just as far as getting him on the best rides. And it was about the same time there was a lot of good trainers in the area. And I was able to sort of get him into with a few stables. And he was able to win that premiership, and I was really proud about that. And um, he did really well. And um, so I moved into manager. Andrew was the first jockey, and then I had a few more jockeys after that. I managed um, Brody Lloyd for a while, and Richard Bensley, uh, Chelsea McFarlane was another one, um, Nick Suquet, um, Billy Owen for a while as well. So and there's been a couple others as well. But um, yeah, it, it was really good. It's uh, fairly challenging the jockey management, trying to keep everyone happy, Dave. But um, it was, uh, it was a good pastime as well. It added a new dimension to um, the racing side of it that I really enjoyed. And what about when you went to the Wagga's, Wagga Harness Racing Club? What was uh, when, when did that happen? Yeah, that happened about 11, 12 years ago. I was approached to um, apply for the position. And uh, I thought, well, now's a good time to sort of diverse away from media and get into something a bit different. And there was been talk for many years that there was a new track coming to the Riverina and where Wagga was probably going to be the primary uh, place for it. And eventually, uh, Wagga was chosen and the new track was built. So that was a big challenge. That, that was probably the biggest challenge I've had in my working life, um, making sure everything was covered off to ensure Wagga got that new track. And um, I'm very proud of the fact that the facility, I was there at the time when it opened. I, I probably did about four or 500 metres, uh, four or 500 meetings at Wagga and um, just making sure everything ran smoothly. We used to race at the showgrounds and then moved out to the new complex, Riverina Paceway. Um, oh, a couple of years ago now and um, just seeing the opening meeting all the work that went into it I remember saying to the staff well just make sure you know 11 o'clock we've got to open the gates because um, this is going to be a big day but we end up having to open them at about half past 10 because there were that many people lined wow. up I think we had about 3,000 people there that day but that's probably the thing I'm proudest of the most um, helping get that um, the, the new track up and going along with many other people to get that new facility for the Riverina yeah, you must have. Um, yeah, you must have some very proud moments. And I was going to. Uh, what did you find most interesting about yeah, you know the the, the local support? I mean, because obviously there's always been that harness racing 
um, you know, uh, in the Riverina. It's been in the blood of the Riverina for a very long time. But then to have that track open, to have, you know, that, that sort of support, you mentioned that was a, a real big highlight. How did you maintain that, though, when, when you time there? Because like we see all things, when there's something new and shiny, we all want to go to it. But you have to maintain that, that level of interest so people will keep going and parting with their money. Yeah, that's a very valid point, Dave. Yeah, the opening meeting was great, and then we had a few other big feature meetings after that. And um, you know, like there was uh, there was sort of basically in that role, you had to be able to cover every aspect of it. So I'd even grade the track some meetings, you know, clean, uh, you know, you're first there and last to leave. And uh, but I enjoyed it. But there was there was a lot of um, work behind the scenes that you wouldn't normally see um, that went on in those early times. Um, we had a very old facility at the showgrounds. And then when we got the new facility, it was nice and pristine and um, and everything. But there was a lot of maintenance you had to make sure was done and stables clean and all that sort of thing. You had to be across it all. But it, it is a great facility. And um, actually, me and another guy were behind naming the facility as well. We named it Riverina Paceway. We thought that was an appropriate name to sort of incorporate all the uh, other areas in the Riverina. So I'm pretty proud of that fact, Dave. Probably it above anything else is what I'm uh, happiest about. Yeah, that's fantastic. We're chatting with Graham White on Monday's Experts. All right, so you're at uh, the Wagga Harness Racing Club. What's unfolding? Because obviously you now you come back into uh, to the fore at uh, the uh, at Sky Racing. Um, how did that come about? And was there anything in between that we're missing? No, no. We uh, finished up at the Harness Racing Club and we uh, moved on. And uh, I did uh, just a few little odd bits and ends, but I just basically wanted a little bit of a break from it all. So I just... Um, just kept writing a few stories and that sort of thing for racing New South Wales, and um, and then the opportunity come up to work at Sky, and um, I was told about it, and then was asked to apply, and it has changed a lot the role since I did it previously. I did it about oh, twelve years ago, but pro- predominantly back then, Dave, it was done on the phone. But now, you know, Twitter's Twitter's uh, come out of the out of the picture, and. Um, you know, there's a, a lot more involved in it, but I really enjoy it. Um, you know, presenting and talking horses, um, I find fairly easy and natural to do. And uh, I, I love meeting the characters, as you would. Um, all the people that make it involved, like you and I and a few, a few others were down the Sapphire Coast there two weeks ago. And you get to work, but then go to those parties afterwards. And you see the amount of work these trainers, owners, their staff, the jockeys, the officials put into racing. And when it all comes together it really makes you happy that you're in some small way a part of it. And, yeah, had the case even at Nowra yesterday. You know, they've had the country championships washed out for the last two weeks and uh, two years, and you you deal with these people all the time. And to see that meeting uh, come off yesterday, they had a really big crowd there, the biggest crowd they've had for some time. And that's what makes you really happy to know that you or some way just helped promote, promote their meeting and promote the you know, promote, promote the participants and sort of bring the pitches to life for the people back at home. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, and I must I must admit, you you would know uh, then from your time how much the, the quality of horses improved in country New South Wales. Oh, unbelievable, Dave. Like, yesterday you had Richard and Michael Friedman winning two maiden races at um, Nowra. Um, you know, it's nothing to see all the time, horses at Maria and that from these big major stables, um, you know, and they're a bit stronger. Admittedly, they are, they've got the, the better bred horses and they, they send them out at these meetings and the prize money's so good now, um, you can't blame them for, blame them for travelling out. But I think the big thing for the country sector, Dave, is um, the, the carnivals they have, and I know you get around to a lot of them, but, um, you know, I'm just pulled up in Gundagai now talking to you. It's only a small town that races 10 times a year, but the crowd they get for the Snake Gully Cup Carnival is what keeps a lot of these towns ticking along. Mm. We've got the Wagga Cup Carnival coming up not too far away. 
Uh, Aubrey's just around the corner and we're right in the middle now of the country championships. And, you know, the stories behind the participants, like Testa Torsiland uh, winning yesterday, it's won five out of six. The story behind it, uh, the second horse, to the nines of Tash Burley. You know, Danny Williams had four horses going for the country championships, ended up with one in the race, had to make it a late scratching, then he took his only other run down for the day and it was able to win. So all those sort of stories, the, the amount of work that the the uh, people involved with the horses every day puts in uh, is mind-blowing and they deserve every bit of success they get. They certainly do. One thing uh, that I always note, and you would have this, well, you'd know this firsthand from your time there at the Wagga Harness Racing Club, is I just love the way that uh, local businesses uh, will get behind their race clubs and support them. And I thought that became clearly evident over COVID. Very true, Dave. Um, you know, sponsorship's not an easy thing and you saw all those sponsors down there at... Um, down the Sapphire Coast a few weeks ago, they were straight back on board. Now, a lot of those businesses have been doing it tough for a long, long time, but it was the same with the harness racing. When I started off, uh, the club had 15 sponsors, and when I left, we had about 75, you know, people that were just willing to put in and um, be involved, and uh, because it was a new facility, that obviously helped as well, and we introduced a lot of different uh, things. Uh, We had a draw, you know, where they got different benefits and that sort of thing, and um, yeah, look, it has changed a lot, Dave, but it's changed a lot for the better too. It certainly has. Uh, Graham. what about uh, the incorporation of, of things like the country championships? I mean, you were there firsthand yesterday. What about the crowd there yesterday at Niara? Best crowd they've had for years, talking to the club CEO, Paul Weeks, Dave. And, um, you know, they must have had 30 or 40 umbrellas out, and they were all full uh, with people underneath them. Um, they would have had over 1,500 there yesterday, according to Paul. There was a real good vibe around the place. I know we've got a couple of big ones coming up again this week with Taree and Wagga's going to be huge. Um, the accommodation's booked out in Wagga and uh, we've got a food and wine festival there on uh, this weekend as well. And then there's also the um, Junior Touch Football Championships as well. So it's bringing people back into the area. So, you know, they want to have a real good weekend away in Wagga. This weekend's the weekend, but um, unfortunately you might have to camp out of town. Well, I hope there's some accommodation there midweek. Uh, I'm heading down uh, for Sky Sports Radio too. Well, I'm really looking forward to showcasing that meeting again and, and chatting to those, um, you know, the CEO, Jason, and, and also to those local sponsors because they do get behind a race meeting there in Wagga Wagga. What about, we always talk about uh, myself and Luke on this program, punting stories, and we're all punters. That's why we love what we do. Have you got any good punting stories? Oh, I've got some, I've got some real ones. So these, these are real ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I have got some good punning stories. Uh, geez, back in 1991, so I'm 55 now, so you work that out, Dave, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I was at the Warwick Farm races one day, and I'd sort of been following a couple of horses, and um, I thought, oh, geez, these horses have been going pretty good. So I had a multi at the time, back then, you know, the bookie had to write it out on the ticket, but it was um, Cold Diesel into Terrific to win the Melbourne Cup, and it was 660 to 1, and I put whatever it was on it, but I won a fair bit of money back then. And probably the other, uh, probably the other, uh, one of the other good ones was um, me and some mates from um, up north, Pat McLeod and Brett Murray. Uh, they're involved in the industry as well. And um, Don Terry, my, my best mate, he was a former jockey. And uh, we, we bought some horses in the Calcutta, and um, we drew the outside of the field in the Grafton Cup, and it was called Master Pom. And they did a um, phantom call that night. And they had it leading up and um, then falling in a heap. And we drew it and um, we, we sat there and it was going to go for 100 bucks. And we said, oh, we'll buy it. And then, um, well, he won't mind me mentioning this, but Donald said, oh, why don't we sell it? And I said, well, what's the point of selling it for, you know, $100? We're going to get 25 each. So we let it go around. And 
yep. it's led all the led all the way, Dave. It's one by a nose, and we picked up oh, it was something a bit over ten or twelve thousand for a hundred dollars. Wow, so, yeah, that's sensational. That was, oh, yeah, what, that a, what about that horse you were just talking about before? That harness horse, surely it would have had a few bucks on him, the one that was, wasn't was putting it at home, and then you've, you've tinkered around uh, with the gear. Surely you would have got a price that first win, or were you, were you just too afraid to have your hard earned well, it was more It was more backing myself out, Dave, and backing Carrie Ann in, I think. I, I yeah. did have something on him that night, but um, no, I, I had a few good wins on him. But um, I'll tell you what, one other funny story, Dave. Um, it was actually oh, it was a mate's 21st birthday, so he's as old as me, so it's going back a bit. And I declared this horse to him and all his mates, and I said, this horse will not get beat at Wagga. It's one that I trained at the time. Anyway, just as they let the field go, the red light come on to declare a false start, and one or two horses sort of pulled up slightly, and our horse kept going, and it's one. And they've all backed it. They're all cheering, and then they declared it a no race because the red light come on at some of oh. the So. It just goes to show you, Dave, you're never home when you think you are. Mate, you never certainly are. What's uh, what's in, in the future uh, for you? Because, I mean, you've had a fantastic ride and story so far with the industry. You're in a great role at the moment. Where do you see yourself in 10, 15 years' time? Uh, I see myself doing exactly the same thing, Dave. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I love meeting all the people and, you know, as I said, the travelling. Uh, there's a bit of travel in it to Nara and Sapphire Coast and all that, but you just make a, a trip out of it for a couple of days and... Um, but this week we've got Goulburn over and back and then do Wagga for the country championships on Saturday. And it's a really good lifestyle. And, um, no, I'm really enjoying the role. So um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. Fantastic, Graham. And, of course, three sons and you've got a little granddaughter as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, Dave, it's been a great um, 12 months or so. Yeah, I'm very proud of my three boys, um, Josh, Ben and Harrison. Um, they've, been, they've been great, not only sons, but they're, they're great friends and great mates and I love them to death. And then um, Josh, the oldest boy, and his beautiful wife, Emily, had a, a daughter uh, about seven or eight months ago, Sienna Rose. And um, our family, Dave, um, I, I, just so you know, our, our family is all boys. Like There hasn't been a boy in our family, for, uh, sorry, a girl in our family for about 50-odd years. So getting back to the betting side of things, I actually backed a girl in. And I thought, oh, yeah, Emily will have a girl for sure. And, and sure enough, she did. And, um, yeah, she's great. And it certainly changes your life when you have grandkids as well. Fantastic. And is there, are the boys passionate about the racing game as well? Uh, they are. Um, more so Ben, the, the middle son. Um, ben and I, are, actually, um, Ben and I own a share in a galloper you might know um, called Chairman's Choice. So, yes. Um, yeah, so he's with Andrew Dahl, and Andrew and Fraser have done a really good job with him. We've had a few wins with him, and um, he's racing at this stage at Mooney Valley on Friday night. He ran fourth there the other day, and um, I actually bought Ben a share in the horse for his birthday, and he won... He won the next day after we bought into him, so um, that was good. And but th- th- none of them have shown an interest in driving or anything. Although Josh used to drive a fair bit at the mini trots and had a fair few wins, and then um, yeah, he gave that away too. But um, yeah, no, they they love their horses, and um, no, they're great young men. Sensational to talk to you this morning, Graham. I love the fact you've got this story. I love how uh, you're loving what you're doing, and uh, it certainly does help uh, when when you're doing something you love and. Here's to another good 15 years on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Well, let's hope so, Dave. I'm feeling pretty good at the moment, so we'll just keep going strong. Pleasure to talk to you, Graham White, as our Monday's expert this morning.